Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky AF. This is Suze, and I'm joined here by my co-host Rob. Hey everyone, hope you're keeping well. So Rob, how are you feeling today? I am good. I am happy that uh, we're we're coming up to the the end of the year, getting some time off for Christmas. Um, I I'm on day two of a hangover though, so um, I I will do my best to be as reactionary as possible today. <laughs> but I'm sorry if my brain just kind of is uh, a bit 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 foggy still. No, it's grand. I'm also coming off like we've had a couple of intense weeks at work, and even though I'm not nursing a hangover, I feel like I'm nursing a brain hangover. So this that, is, which is that, why I went for, so December, you th- well, so actually when you guys will be hearing this, it'll be January, but um, we're recording this in December and I always think of December as a, you know, it's a little bit cozier, it's, it's, it's a time to be reflective and nostalgic about our childhoods potentially, depending on your childhood. And um, so what I've decided to do today is a little bit, sh- not strange, but a little bit different than what we've normally done. So, Rob, as you can attest, we normally go over some spooky legends or stories from the interwebs, but today I'm actually going to give you some synopsises, synopsi, of, uh, of a few uh, Grimm's fairy tales that are pretty, that are lesser known, but are absolutely buck wild. Amazing. I'm so here for this, especially with the time of the year that it is. I, I'm ready. Absolutely. Like, so... Because as you so, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, we can dive right in. So, Grimm's Fairy Tales was originally known as uh, children's children and household tales, which is a pretty innocuous title for how fucking dark some of these are, which we'll get into. Um, so, it was obviously um, it was a collection by um, the Grimm brothers, who were uh, Jakob and Wilhelm, or Jacob and Wilhelm, however you want to pronounce. Uh, It was first published on uh, December 20th, 1812, with 86 stories, Um, and then by the 7th edition in 1857, it had expanded to about 200, along with 10 children's legends. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot. I did not realize there was that many in there. No, because you just think of, like, you think of the basic ones that kind of Disney picked up on. Like, you think of, like, Cinderella and Snow White, uh, but that there's, um, we'll go over some titles, because some of them, just by the title, you're like, what the fuck? Uh, I love how it's such a, a sleeper title for the book as well. Like, it's so just kind of innocent. And then as soon as you get in, it's like, how to summon a demon. Y- yes, 100%. <laughs> or like, why you're a bad child and are going to hell immediately is basically the the, the, yeah. the, the theme of all of these stories. Um, so Good, now you're in here. <laughs> now you're going to get the real truth. You can't leave. <laughs> yeah. You want to know why you, want, you don't want to go in the forest? Hell, you don't even want to stay at home. You're going to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> the child opens the book and all of a sudden, like, uh, their eyes go behind their head like pure white yes. and just start speaking in some sort of, like, ancient eldritch like, language. And you start hearing this la-da-da-da-da in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, interestingly, so the the book's actually, uh, it's a, well, the, the collection is listed by UNESCO, actually, in uh, the Memory of World Registry. So, um, yeah. Good. Good. We, we need to keep some spookiness in, in the memory of the world. So I wanted to, before I launched, so basically what I did is I went through, I, I obviously didn't go through all 200 because I have a full-time job. Uh, so what I did... This, I'm disappointed in you, <laughs> Sis. You, you should have sat down and read all 200. All 200. Um, what I did was I went through and like kind of did some contextual searching around like ones that may be particularly more spooky according to people and all that. And then I just looked at some different titles of things and thought that looks interesting. But before I get into any of the ones, I want to get into um, some of the titles of the Grimm's fairy tales. Cause I think even though I'm not going to go over these, they're worth like having in your lexicon. So there's uh, the girl without hands. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, 
that's fairly on the head. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's just one called like the elves, which you know c- could be interesting. Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the devil and his grandmother. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That I'm sure that's so. That's such an endearing tale. Yep. Exactly. Um, and gossip wolf and the fox. So yeah, not not sure what's yeah. going on there. <laughs> That's just, I, I imagine that is some sort of just like uh, office tale, like of, like them hanging around the water cooler, just a wolf and a fox, and the wolf just being like, "You're never gonna guess what happened last week." And then the last one I wanted to mention is the the death of the little hen, which already sounds sad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's just sad. Yeah, exactly. So those are some some a very brief overview of the titles of some of them, uh, but there are three in particular that I want to go over. Um, I'm not going to read them verbatim because that would be boring and nobody wants to hear my voice like that. So I'm just going to give them kind of synopsis. I'm going to run through what happens to them. And I just want to hear your reaction to some of the outlandishly creepy and dark shit that goes on in them. And I want us all to keep in mind that, remember, these are tales that are ostensibly being told to children. So these are... Yeah, but these are being told to 19th century German children, though. <laughs> these these lads are made of hardier stuff. <laughs> the, their later husband is not is not made of silk. It is. Yeah, their their lives are definitely not a fairy tale. No. So uh, the the grim the grim brothers had to take a very different uh, tone. With them. Yes, exactly. There were some very different dangers going on that they needed to warn these kids about. Firstly, uh, some sources, so obviously like a helpful Wikipedia page for context, but also um, D. L. Ashleman's uh, folk texts which is a library of folktales, folklore, fairy tales, and mythology. Um, I think he also did the translation, and it's available, I believe, through the University of Pittsburgh. But there, yeah, it has basically all the tales and uh, their translations from, I believe that most of them are written in what's called Low German. These are obviously been translated in English because my, my German's terrible and my Low German's probably even worse. That's acceptable. That uh, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> so this is, I want to start with tale 117, which is called The Willful Child. And it's actually only um, two paragraphs. It's a two paragraph story. Um, nice. Okay. So the first sentence is fantastic. So I will read it verbatim. Once upon a time, there was a child who was willful and did not do what his mother wanted. For this reason, God hated him and caused him to die. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That's how. That's the opener to our story. I I am so glad that that is what you chose to open with. <laughs> I thought so, but here it actually gets pretty creepy in the second paragraph, in the second half of the story. Um, so they lower the child into the grave and cover him with earth. But then the little arm suddenly came forth and grasped up, and it didn't help when they put it back in the earth. It kept reaching up straight into the air. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> Keep going. I'll, I'll save my thoughts till the end. Okay. So they didn't know what to do about this dead child's arm reaching up through the soil. So the mother herself took it, like, realized it was her responsibility to take care of this. So she went to the grave and beat the little arm with a switch. And as soon as she had done that, it went back in the earth and the child finally went to rest. Oh, good God. <laughs> so that's the entire story of the willful child. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in agreement they just bury the child alive they uh they 100 percent were like you're being an asshole <laughs> we're going to put you in this casket <laughs> i i don't know why but i just picture them having these like real thick like southern state of america sort of accents where like the the child misbehaves and they're like you're going in the pit 
<laughs> but it, it, it also struck me, like, it struck me as so ridiculous, but it also struck me as so creepy about, like, them burying a child and then this arm just, like, shooting out of the ground and would not go back in. The child being like, mother, father, please don't bury me. I, I will be a good child. <laughs> I will no longer be an asshole. Yeah, and the mother's like, well, better get the stick. Yeah, so she, yeah, this mother just takes it upon herself to march down to a graveyard and be like, look, I'm sorry, Parson Brown. And she just beats the arm into submission. I told you, God hates you. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) So, and so I, when when I'm reading these, I want you to think of like, under what context you're like telling a child these stories. Like, is this a bedtime story? Is this like, what what lesson is that trying to teach me? Oh, this is a grandparent reading this story to a child. This is not a parent that reads this this story to a child. This is a grandparent. Who gets to go home. <laughs> yes, it was like, I'm going to do some damage and then leave this house. Yeah, yeah. And just remember, good little boys and girls don't get buried alive. Yeah, yeah. We, you won't have to be beaten while in the ground. Yeah, you'll just get a regular beating. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's The Willful Child, which I thought, like, what an incredible story. That is a that is a strong start, and I'm so glad you brought that, <laughs> that into the world. Right. And, 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 like, all these are the ones that I had never heard of. Because, I mean... If you think about it, like, you've heard of, obviously, like I said, the ones that Disney picked up on. So you have, like, Cinderella, which if you read the Grimm's version, everybody knows, like, the Grimm's version is the darker one. And, like, I think in Cinderella, her stepsisters, like, get their toes chopped off in order to fit into the glass slipper. And then their eyes are picked out by birds. And I think it's Snow White, the evil witch, dance has to dance in um, red hot iron slippers at, at Snow White's wedding. And, like, there's some, there's some dark shit in there that was definitely left out in their modern adaptations. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's some dark shit that we actually just can't talk about on the podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> it, it would take us to a different rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, the next one I want to go to is called Fitcher's Bird. Have you heard of this? No. I, I, okay. I'm glad that I haven't because I can't wait to hear what's what's in store with this one. And I I have ordered these in like ascending levels of what the fuck. So this is our this is our next tier of what the fuck. Excellent. As this ascending levels, as in by the time we get to the end, my brain is just gonna be soup. By the time I get to the end of the last story, I have a feeling you're just gonna be you're just gonna be dumbstruck. You're gonna be like, what the fuck was that thing you just talked about? Fantastic. I, I was already like feeling my brain get to that point where I'm trying to process a child being buried uh, alive. So I cannot yep. wait to hear what's in store. Okay, so grab your hot cocoa, kids. We're about to go through Fitcher's Bird. So this is tale 46, I believe. Um, so this, this story is about a sorcerer who disguised himself as a poor man and went begging uh, in the neighborhood of the town he was nearby. Uh, and what he did was he would capture beautiful girls and take them home to be his wives so no everyone in the town knew him but no one knew where he took the girls and none of them ever returned so strong start they just went off to to live a happy life somewhere you know i mean they i'm sure that's what it was you'll quickly find out why that wasn't the case (laughs) (laughs) so one day the sorcerer came to the door of a man who had three beautiful daughters and he appeared as a poor weak beggar so the oldest of the daughter or and importantly he carried like a pack like a wicker pack basket on his back so um he asked the oldest daughter for a bit to eat and she was a kind woman so she came out and gave him a piece of bread he he simply touched her and suddenly she was forced to jump into the basket on his back um yeah (laughs) 
So, um, get in my basket. Basically, um, he hurried away with powerful strides and carried her to his house in the deep dark forest. So you're thinking, all right, she's she's got to already be dead, but you'd be surprised she's not. So she shows up, she gets out of the pack at the house. She emerges from the wicker basket, and he says, he says, look at my house. You will like it here with me. You will have everything your heart desires. And in truth, the house was splendid. It had treasures and lots of food and was very well built. And so she was happy for a few days, even though she had been kidnapped from her home and her family and suddenly forced to marry a man that she did not know. So, but no, but she was happy. After a few days, he said, look, I've got to go somewhere um, and I'll leave you alone in the house for a bit. Here are the house keys. You can look in any room you want to, except for the one where this key opens. He goes, if you look in there, you will die. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Um, But he also, uh, uh, when giving her this key, he also gave her an egg, uh, a golden egg. He said, take good care of this egg. Carry it with you at all times. And if you lose it, great misfortune will befall upon you. So she was like, okay. (laughs) So she took the keys and the egg and she promised to take good care of everything. Unfortunately, because she is a curious little bird, as soon as he had gone out of the house, she wanted to search the house from top to bottom, which again was most mostly fine as long as she didn't go into that one room. So all the rooms she went into glistened with silver and gold and she had never seen such splendor in her life. Finally, she came to the door she wasn't supposed to open. And so she still got the key and she still got the egg in her hand and she's about to open the forbidden door. She examined the key and she put it into the lock and opened the door. And what do you think she saw inside, Rob? Uh, just, uh, just a party room. I'm, I'm sure that that's it's. This is exactly what I'm, I'm imagining was in this room, especially thinking of the the, the Grimm brothers and what they write. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a party of some sort. She sees in the middle of this room is a large basin filled with blood, nice. and inside, like near the basin, lay the cut up bodies of dead girls, many of them. And then there was a wooden block with a glistening axe laying upon it. So she literally, she literally stumbles into a murder room. Yeah, she found the kill room, basically. Yes. <laughs> so she was so terrified when she saw this that she dropped the egg and the egg fell into the basin. So it was covered in blood. When she oh, got God. it out again and, and wiped off the blood, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't come off the egg. So the egg was permanently dyed red. She done goofed. She's... She done goofed. There's no hiding that. I, I no. hate when you. I hate when you drop your golden egg in blood. Oh, I know, right? It just it pisses me off every time. Yeah. So she she scrubbed and scrubbed. She couldn't get rid of the stain. So not long afterwards, her sorcerer kidnapper husband returned, and he immediately asks for the key and the egg, which she hands to him while she was shaking because <laughs> she knows she's in deep shit. <laughs> and and he was like, Ah, so you went into the chamber against my will, and this is what he says. And now against your will, you shall go into it once again. Your life is finished. Oh shit, that is some fucking Yeah. That really so, changes the tone. <laughs> oh yeah. He threw her down, dragged her by her hair, cut off her head on the block and cut her up into pieces and her blood flowed into the basin. Then he threw her next to the others. That's He then said, "Now I will go get the second sister." Oh shit. Cuz <laughs> like this one didn't work out. I just remembered, literally, as you were saying it, I was like, wait, didn't she have two other sisters? Yep. So he dressed as a beggar again and went to their house. And naturally, being a kind girl as well, the second sister brought him bread and was forced into his pack. 
Sorry. So, okay. Yeah, no, keep going. I have a question <laughs> at the end. <laughs> okay. So she's taken to the forest and the same thing happens again. He's like, look, I, I'm real chill. You're going to like it here. There's lots of gold and silver. Don't go in the room. Here's an egg. And naturally she went to the kill room. She saw it. She dropped the egg. He was like, fuck, now I got to kill this one too. And so he did. And, um, and, uh, she paid with her life. So then he was like, well, there's one more left. So he went back to the house, dressed as a beggar to get the third sister. And she, also being a good girl, gives him food, forced him to the pack, taken in the forest. He he then gives her the test again. He says, here's the key of the egg. So um, she, she also like searches the house from top to bottom and then gets to the forbidden chamber. And she sees all the dead bodies, including her her dear sisters who were lying in the basin. So, but she did not drop the egg. She okay. um, she carefully put the egg aside before she went searching through the house. So she put Smart. it on like a coffee table. Smart, yeah. You're right, yeah. So this one, this one's clever. So she then proceeded to gather the parts of her sisters and place them back in order, as in put their bodies back together. Uh, okay. When nothing else was missing from their bodies, the parts began to move. They became reanimate. Uh, they joined together and the two girls opened their eyes and came back to life because that's how that works. Uh, what? So, okay, hang on. <laughs> how fucked up do you have to be to be like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fish out their body parts and put them back together. Yep. Like, what has this girl seen in her life that that's her first thought? I feel like, I know how to handle this. Yeah. So, so rejoicing, they kissed and hugged one another. Um, the man returned home and demanded the keys and the egg. And he didn't see any blood on the egg. He was like, ah, you have passed the test. You shall be my bride. And she was like, great, sounds wonderful. So apparently though, he had now, he now had no more power over her and had to do whatever she demanded because uh, there was some kind of power switch going on by her passing that test. Okay, fair. So yes. she said, she said, this is, this is going to work for me. I like this. Um, she you must she became the dom basically. Yes, she immediately became the dom. And she was like, look, I demand that you take a basket full of gold to my father and my mother. Um, and you yourself must carry it there on your back. So meanwhile, I'll make pre I'll, I'll prep for the wedding here at the house. Um, okay. And he was like, "All right, chill, whatever." So he 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 went. He went with the basket of gold. She ran to her sisters in the kill room and said, "The moment is here. I can rescue you." So uh, she she put them both into another basket because apparently baskets are just really important and also very large. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, can you fit two sisters into a single basket? Look, these are uh, just these are uh, low low German baskets. You know, these are <laughs> these are low German types. baskets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she hid them in a basket so they couldn't be seen. Um, then the, the sorcerer came back and she called him in and said, Now carry this basket away, but you are not to stop and rest. Take care for I shall be watching you through the little window. So she's saying, like, take this basket to my parents as well. And he was like, and as as the dom now, the, 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 the girl was. So the guy was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. So uh, he took it away with him. Uh, he sat down wanting to rest, but immediately one of the girls in the basket called out, I am looking through my little window and I can see that you are resting. Walk on. So he, she pretended to be her older sister watching, magically watching the sorcerer stopping him from taking a rest. So I, I, I know this, this story, it, 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 it has a climactic ending. So, so again, he thought this was his bride calling to him. So he got up and he was like, fuck, I gotta keep going. So uh, he... He went to sit down again, but again, he heard um, a voice saying, I can see you through the little window and I can see that you're resting. Um, so finally he brought the gold. He made it to the house with the, the pack of girls, the literal basket of girls. At home, the, the bride, so the third sister, was making preps for the wedding feast, um, which she had invited all the sorcerer's friends. She took a skull with grinning teeth, adorned it with jewelry and a wreath of flowers, 
and carried it to the attic window to let it look out. Don't, yeah, that was just put in there. Okay. Yeah, as, as you do. <laughs> as, as like a rock and roll goth wedding, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, it's, it's the wedding school, everyone knows about that. <laughs> so when everything was ready, she dipped herself into a barrel of honey <laughs> and, and cut open the bed and rolled around in it until she looked like a strange bird. Oh, okay, amazing. <laughs> so this is either getting real weird or real kinky. I, yeah, I, I can't make up my mind which one. So she's covered in honey and bed feathers, and she says, and to her mind, no one would have been able to recognize her, and that's probably fair. Yeah. So underway, like some of the, when the wedding got underway, some of the guests met her and they asked, um, you, Fitcher's bird, where are you coming from? The, the, the girl who is adorned with feathers. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm coming from Fitcher's house. And he said, what is his young bride doing there? And she says, she has swept the house from bottom to top. And now she's looking out of the attic window. Ah, so there's the reason for the skull. Right. So um, finally, the bridegroom, her, her new husband, comes back to the house and he sees her. And he's like, you, Fitcher's bird, where are you coming from? And she says again, I'm coming from Fitcher's house. And she's looking out the top window. And the bridegroom looked up and sees the decorated skull. Uh, he thought it was his bride. And he waved a friendly greeting to her, to the skull adorned with flowers. Of course. And then after he and all his guests had gone into the house and ever all the relatives of the of the um, the sorcerer had arrived, uh, the girl who was doused in honey and feathers closed up all the doors so that no one could escape, set it afire, and together all the family burned to death. The end. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I, I love uh, a, a solid conclusion to a story as well. Uh, my my only question is um if if she can you know reanimate the corpses of her sisters uh why didn't she do it for the rest of the girls I see now that's a bit shitty of her isn't it yeah but they, like <laughs> that... I I was left with so many questions I was like how did the parents not notice that their daughters were going missing after like yeah. giving food to a to a beggar yeah that that was my first question actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, was it not then alarming that he then brought them gold and then a, uh, then then the two of the daughters back in a basket? <laughs> uh, look, you know, this is a different time. You know, maybe we just uh, we're too modern in in our thinking. In, we're too twenty twenty three focused. We maybe you know getting we're baskets not, of we're gold. We're not eighteen twenty three focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe getting <laughs> baskets of gold dropped off at your door was just a regular pastime in Germany at this point. I just love that. Like the third sister was like, "All right, I'm the smart one. I can reanimate corpses. I can douse myself." and honey roll around in feathers and then light and then commit arson <laughs> that like oops at that point that is some like home alone shit right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up until burning everyone alive yeah then it takes a dark turn <laughs> um so yeah so that was fitcher's bird which i thought was just a really like dexter style wrong kind of fairy tale <laughs> like yeah it's like, it's it's literally like Grimm's Home Alone. Yes, Grimm's Home Alone, 100%. Um, so, but, but you know, the hair, like, the three daughters lived in the end, so there's that. That is, yeah, you know what, that's fair. The, the daughters did live, uh, as shitty as it was for her to not do the same favor for the other girls, uh, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll give her a pass on that. Well, unfortunately, what I'm thinking of now is maybe they were too decomposed. That's also a possibility. <laughs> Which that's... makes the, the, that whole scene even, like, grosser. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's pretty grim. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, you can tell we're near the end of the year and need a break. <laughs> my, my hangover riddled brain was just like, you just made a funny right there, my friend. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do my last one. And it is by far the most buckwild story I think I've ever read. Okay, fair. And it's, I believe it's Tale 47. So... Um, so this one is called, uh, the juniper tree and it is honestly the most kind of alarming dark story I think I've ever read with some twists and turns that I don't think you'll see coming. 
Brilliant. I, I'm here then. I, I'm just gonna just I'm fully ready for this. I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my questions till the end. I, I don't know if you are. Oh, <laughs> I think <brilliant. laughs> you're, I think you're gonna stop and be like, what? Okay. So it starts out with long ago, at least two thousand years, which is okay. a great start. Fair. So at least 2000 years ago, there was a rich man and a beautiful, pious wife, and they loved each other dearly, but they had no children, that, but she did very much wish to have one. So she prayed day and night. Um, in front of the house, there was a juniper tree. And one day in winter, the woman was standing beneath it, um, peeling an apple. And apples are a very important part of the story, so keep that in mind. Um, and while she was peeling the apple, she cut her finger and some blood fell into the snow, which is already kind of, this is reminiscent of Snow White. Yep. Because this is kind of how Snow White's mom wishes her into being. But she says, oh, um, if only I had a child who was as white as snow and as red as blood. Which I'm thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a bit. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and as she said that, um, she became contented and she felt sure it was going to happen. So she went into the house and a month went by and the snow was gone. And then three months went by and then there were flowers and some more ones went by and nature was, you know, in all its splendor. And finally the fifth month passed and she stood beneath the juniper tree and smelled so sweet, her heart jumped for joy. Um, she fell on her knees and, and was beside herself. And then in the sixth month, the, the fruit that grew from the tree was thick and large. And then she became quite still. And after the seventh month, she picked the juniper berries and ate them. Uh, then she grew sick and sorrowful. The eighth month passed and she called to her husband and said, if I die, bury me beneath the juniper tree. Then she was quite contented and happy until the next month was over and suddenly she had a child as white as snow and as red as blood and when she saw it she was so happy she died yeah, that's that's how it happens <laughs> yep that, that is that is the natural rate of childbirth yep so her husband bowing to her wishes buries her beneath the bitter uh, the juniper tree and um is very very sad but uh, as time went on he was like all right you know i should look for another wife for my for my now my son and myself so um he then took a second wife and had a daughter by the second wife so now he's got a, a little boy a little girl um the first wife's child was the son and he was as red as blood and as white as snow and again they keep mentioning this but it plays no part in the rest of the story they just keep saying he was as red as blood and as white as snow it's a bit bit kind of yeah uncomfortable but okay yeah oh yeah it's a bit uncomfortable mm. but um the second wife loved her daughter very much but she hated her stepson uh she thought he would always stand in her way and would get the inheritance um would take the inheritance away from her daughter the she's she's called in the story the evil one so she filled her daughter's mind with this um uh no sorry sorry the evil one is is uh, she says an evil one spoke to her in her mind spoke to the stepmom right. so uh until she grew very angry with the little boy uh, and she would push him and slap him and um and the poor child was always afraid so one day the stepmom went upstairs and her daughter came home up too and she said mom give me an apple and the woman said yes my child and she had a big like trunk of apples and i i say trunk because it was a trunk she had a trunk of beautiful apples that had a large heavy lid and a sharp iron lock on it so the little as, girl as says you do. as yeah, you do that's where i keep, keep all my apples gotta keep your apples safe yeah absolutely and she said, like, she basically said, Mom, like, can my brother have an apple too? And this made the woman mad, but she said, oh, yeah, fine, when he comes home from school. So the, uh, the, uh, the evil one came over her as the little boy came school. And she grabbed the apple and took it away from her daughter and said, no, you shall not have an apple before your brother. So the little girl left the room and the little boy came into the room once he came home from school. And she said, my son, do you want an apple? And he goes, mother, how angry you look. But yes, I would like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was, was a great, like, moment of, like, you're looking a little murderous, um, but yeah, I am a bit peckish. 
<laughs> so, um, so she said, come with me. She said, take an apple out for yourself. And while he leaned over the trunk, she slammed the lid down uh, and his head flew off, falling among the red apples. Oh. So she's just decapitated a child. So then fear overcame her and she thought, she thought, I can find a way out of this. So she went upstairs. <laughs> yeah, literally, I can find a way out of this. So she went upstairs and got a, a white scarf out of her drawers um, and set set the head back on the neck of the sun and tied the scarf around it so that the, like, the, the gaping maw couldn't be seen. Mm. Then she set the body on a chair in front of the d- front door and put the apple in the boy's hand. So she, after so this... She, she weekend at Bernie's him. Yes, she weekend at Bernie's her, her stepson. <laughs> Yeah. She I can just picture like two thousand years ago her putting some shades on him. <laughs> <laughs> Tying like strings to his arms and everything. So after this the daughter came into the kitchen, um, and said, Mom, um or she said, Mother, brother is sitting by the door and he's really, really pale and he has an apple in his hand. She said, I asked him to give me the apple and he didn't answer and I was very scared. And so the mother said, Oh, go back to him. If he won't give you the answer, then like hit him upside the head. <laughs> so You the little... fucking <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah. So the girl went to the little, the the dead little boy and said, "Brother, give me the apple." But he was silent. So she gave she boxed his ears and his head fell off. And the little girl was horrified, naturally, and yeah. began crying and screaming. She ran to her mother and said, "Mom, I've knocked my brother's head off." And she cried and cried and could not be comforted. What the fuck? So the mother said, oh, "Well, what have you done?" Oh my god. <laughs> she said, be quiet and don't let anyone know. It can't be helped now. Don't worry, we'll cook him into stew. <laughs> so she let her daughter believe that she smacked her brother so hard his head flew off. And then suggested that they cook him. What the actual fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, just hang on. It gets better. So the mother took the little boy and chopped him into pieces and put him in the stew. So the daughter stood by crying and crying and all her tears, so many of her tears fell into the pot that the pot, they didn't need to add salt. <laughs> such, is, an un, such an unnecessary addition. <laughs> such a dark, unnecessary addition. <laughs> so the father came home and he sat down and said, where is my son? And the mother served up the, the large, large dish of stew and the daughter still cried and could not stop crying. Again, he asked, where is my son? And the mother said, oh, He's gone across the country to his mother's great uncle. He'll be there a while. <laughs> and the father asked, what's he doing there? He didn't even say goodbye to me. And she said, oh, he wanted to go. And he asked me if he could stay for six weeks. He'll be well and be taken care of. And the man said, Ugh, I'm unhappy. This isn't right. He should have said goodbye, but oh well. And then he asked his daughter, why are you crying? Your brother will come back. And then he said, then he started to eat. And he said, oh, wife, this food is delicious. Give me some more. So he ate some more. Um, and then he said, he ate so much. He said, oh, you two shall have none of it. It's so delicious it's all mine and he ate and ate throwing all the bones in the stew under the table until he had finished it all so he's eating a stew with human bones in it that he is ignoring and throwing under the table (laughs) okay so and it just gets weirder just wait so the daughter went to her chest of drawers and took out her best silk scarf and gathered all the bones from under the table because she was still crying and felt very bad about her presumably having killed her brother so she tied up all the bones and carried them outside crying tears of blood at some point she ran out of regular sort of saline tears and started crying blood switched over to blood okay yep so you can just imagine a little girl crying tears of blood carrying a scarf full of bones like that's Mm. that's horrific 
Yep. Um, she laid them down beneath the juniper tree, and after she put them there, she suddenly felt better and didn't cry anymore. So because <laughs> yeah, she, she got rid of the evidence. <laughs> evidence, yes. So the juniper tree then began to move. The branches swayed and moved apart. Um, and at the same time, a mist rose from the tree, and at the center of this mist, it burned like fire, and a beautiful bird flew out of the fire, singing magnificently. And when it was gone, the juniper tree was just as it had been before, but the cloth with the bones was no longer there. And the sister was happy and contented, as if her brother was still alive. And she went merrily into the house, sat down at the table, and ate some of the stew. Oh, <laughs> fuck <in> off. <laughs> So, okay, but here's where it starts to get really weird. So, the bird flew away, and it flew to a goldsmith's house, and it began to sing. And I'm actually going to recite the song in, in, in full, because it's worth, it's worth saying. It says, okay. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, Marlene, gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird I am. <laughs> So, so yeah, that he's he's um he's singing, he's singing as a bird now. Okay, so right, so he became a furry. This is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he, the goldsmith that the bird had flown over to, was sitting in his workshop. And he thought the bird sounded so beautiful. He went up to ask him to sing again, and the bird said, "No, I don't sing twice for nothing." <laughs> he, he said, "So he said, give me the golden <laughs> chain, and I'll sing for you again." So the goldsmith's like. Um, okay, so he gave him a golden chain. Um, the bird put it in his right claw and went and sat in front of the goldsmith and then sang the song again. At this point, he then flew to a shoemaker and sang the song again. The shoemaker ran out and said, oh, what, how beautifully you can sing. Please sing to me again. And again, the bird said, no, look, fucker, I'm not singing for, without payment. So he said, he said, give me a pair of shoes. So the shoemaker was like, okay. So he went up and grabbed a red pair of shoes and the bird took them in his left claw and flew away. Give, give me some of that trip. <laughs> like, I can just imagine a bird flying with, like, pumped-up Nikes or something. And some, like, Mr. T-style giant gold necklace on yes. them as well. <laughs> so he went and flew away, and then finally he flew to a in front of a mill, and he sang to all 20 workers in the mill. And um, all of them stopped and said, oh, how beautifully you sing. Let us hear it again. And again, the bird said, I don't do something for nothing. So he said, I want the millstone. And the, the people in the mill were like, well, technically the mill doesn't belong to us. We just work here. But your song was so beautiful. We'll go ahead and give it to you. <laughs> so he's, he, it, at this moment, I was like, how dare he like push crimes upon the, the proletariat? <laughs> Yeah, the, this bird knows what he's but, saying. So they, they then took the millstone and placed it around the bird's neck, and he f then flew away. So he's got a millstone around his neck, a pair of, sh of red shoes, and a gold chain. And all the while, he's singing this song about his mother killing him, and tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird he is. So he then, with all these items, flew back to his father's house. And the father said, after eating the meal that was made of his son, said, I feel so contented, I am so happy. But the mother said, I feel uneasy, as if a bad storm were coming. At that moment, the bird flew up, and and began to sing and the man said oh what a beautiful song that bird is singing and the woman said no i'm not i and she plugged her ears she just couldn't stand to hear it and so the the bird seated itself on the juniper tree and began to sing again the like i said the mother fell to the floor and would not listen and there was a roaring in her ears like the fiercest storm so the father said oh but its song is so beautiful i will go outside and he went outside and the bird dropped the golden chain and it fell around his father's neck. So the man went in and said, look what the beautiful bird gave me. He sings and he gave me a gold necklace. And so the, 
sister, who was also, who's still sad about her brother being dead, um, also thought, you know, I'm going to go out and listen to the beautiful bird sing and see what he gives me. So he went out and the bird drops the pair of shoes. <laughs> and she goes, oh, look, I now have this beautiful pair of red shoes. So she went in and she was contented and happy. Mm-hmm. And she put on the red shoes and she danced around the house. Um, and the woman said, no, I will not go. I feel as if the world were coming to an end. But finally, she was forced to go out the door and crash. The bird threw the millstone on her head and crushed her skull into the earth. So the father and the daughter heard the tragedy, went out and saw the the saw the the mother having been smushed into the earth. Smoke, flames, and fire were rising from all over the place. I don't know where that's from, but apparently it was something caught fire. And when it was over, the little brother was standing there again in his body. He took his father and his sister by the hand, and all three were very happy. They went into the house, sat down at the table, and ate. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that silence has confusing me. I, <laughs> you've truly just shattered my brain. Mate. So yeah, I just I know it's not like our normal spooky fair, but I just thought those were so dark and weird and kind of delightfully violent that I wanted to go over them. That last one, like you did not undersell that in any way. Oh, I know. <laughs> like you, as I was reading it, um, my my husband was playing uh the Legend of Zelda, and I I was just look, I just kept looking up, like, what the fuck am I reading? What the fuck am I reading? <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're on a watch. Yes, list, man. yeah, basically, because <laughs> I because I didn't realize because I knew the Grimm's fairy tales were dark, but having read some of these, I didn't realize the to the extent of like the amount of cannibalism that was going on in them. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, so, (laughs) so at the end, when they went back in and ate, did they continue eating the stew? (laughs) Like, did the boy just eat himself? That's what I'm wondering, I was like, is there auto-cannibalism going on in this place? But I'm also just imagining, like, the dad is just completely ignorant of the bones. At one point, was he, like, so distracted that he didn't notice the, like, the skull just, like, float up comically up to the top <laughs> well, of his Well, that's bowl. what I kept thinking, because I'm like, because at first I was like, all right, they made him into a stew, okay, like, yeah, humans supposed to taste like pork, fair enough, I guess. But then when they were like, and he threw yeah. the bones under the table, I'm like, at what point do you pull out a femur and think, damn, like, my wife really didn't pay attention to cleaning the cow. Yeah, yeah, I, that's incredible. Yes. I, I Also, the fact that, like, the... The girl, yeah, she provided the season. Yes. Um, because let's be like, also, it's it's old Germany, so the only seasoning you need is salt. Oh yeah, that's all you got. Yeah, yeah. So she she brought the salt. But then she like then she started crying tears of blood, and she kept being like, "I'm really really sad," but now I feel better, and like now that I've gotten rid of the evidence. And... Yeah, that's just some like i genuinely like if if those two lads were still alive today and writing those stories they would actually be like the, the people would be asking them to go see someone oh yeah well to me the, the moment that got me the most was when the mother asked the daughter to basically beat up her her brother and when she did and the head fell off and then she was like well look what you did <laughs> yeah in some like anime style like character arc she punched him so hard she knocked his yes. head off <laughs> and then like this i can imagine this, like seven-year-old daughter horrified that she just was like holding the head of her brother and her mom's like well look what you fucking did <laughs> like this is your fault now the mother with her like yeah the mother with her arms crossed standing there being like mm, yeah you real fucked up this time Gu- didn't you seven-year-old guess we're gonna child. have to eat him <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, just imagine if the girl, like, in future, where she, like, really sits down to think about it, and she's like, she was suspiciously quick with thinking about eating him. Like, <laughs> there was no hesitation there. It was like, oh, you killed him? Well, guess we're eating we're him. Right, because of all the ways you could dispose of a body. 
And then she's like, she's <laughs> like, yeah, no, 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 we'll, we'll eat him. That, that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll eat him, but don't worry about the bones. And yeah. Stuff. Well, which makes me think, like, did she, like, did she even cut him up, or is there just like this whole human body in a stew? Well, to be fair, we already established from the previous story that they have baskets that can take fully sized humans. So I think a pot that could take a child is probably it, it's acceptable. True. Though. Yeah. So we've got baskets of girls and pots full of of little boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just boiling away. <laughs> Oh god. So yeah, that's uh that's my quick foray into Grimm's fairy tales. Um I know I didn't like I didn't want to make this like an academic uh podcast about like the history of the fairy tales and like the archetypes they fit into. I just wanted to talk about how they were chopping heads off and <laughs> basins of blood and eating people. I and I'm eternally grateful for you sharing this with me. <laughs> so now you can go forth and you're and just, I I just think like it's a good thing I don't want kids cuz I would 100% tell them these stories. Yeah. 100%. That's some tra- that's like a, a book of trauma right there. Oh, absolutely. Like no wonder kids didn't want to go into the black forest like I'm afraid my sister's going to punch me so hard my head'll go off. Can you imagine the childhood that those two lads had? That that's what they came up with. I did read that they were they were two of 10 siblings um and that they that, t- that tells you everything yeah, you need to know. So you you know that like a couple of those siblings were like telling them fucked up stories. Oh yeah, for sure. Growing up in 18th century Germany. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's that that's a uh, that's my that's my holiday uh, foray into uh, the Grimm's fairy tales. Amazing. Thank you so much. I this episode, I think this episode may be potentially my favorite episode we've done today. <laughs> I'm glad. I was hoping it were it would work out. Oh, oh it did. Oh, it was it was it was, re- it was fun to talk yeah. about. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I I have genuinely like just stumped. My brain is just trying to make sense of everything I've just heard. I can only imagine being on the second day of a hangover and trying to process the juniper tree. Oh, thank Christ it's not the day of the hangover. Over. <laughs> at least i'm re- like mostly recovered now yeah if you had said this to me yesterday i think my own head would have fallen off <laughs> uh, so you never know we could um like, like i said there are like upwards of 200 stories so like maybe in the future we can find some other like ones worth worth diving into if people if people like this episode we can we can kind of delve into a, a few other ones because they are definitely um spooky and weird and wrong <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I would love to hear more of this. So I, I'm, I'm fully on board for uh, uh, revisiting the, the Grim Boys. Fantastic. All right. Well, I guess I guess that's uh, that's us for uh, this will be one of our one of our first episodes in the new year. So happy new year to all of you. And uh, we're going to we're going to take a brief break and then uh, we're going to dive into another episode. So we'll see you guys for you. We'll be in a, a, a following week, but for us will be about three minutes. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Bye. Take it easy, guys. Bye.